On today's episode of the Homes Real Estate Podcast, we are talking about everything you need to know about rural properties and vacant land. Stay tuned. everybody welcome to the homes real estate podcast for your chris laughing in the background because our office is a joy today lots as, of laughter as per usual so uh, i am peter torian as you heard this chris van bell and we are talking about rural properties and it, it's funny we just brought it up out of nowhere because i'm looking at comparing one and it's a whole lot different than when we're just doing a regular subdivision home. Mm-hmm. yeah the if you've got and it does kind of create a problem if you are uh, let's say you're selecting an agent who you know, works in the city and is not necessarily used to rural properties, properties of acreage. It can really be kind of a challenge. So those of us have got some experience here with with the properties. There's a couple of different things to look at if you are either looking to purchase a property with acreage, looking to per- purchase vacant land, or you own a home on acreage right now and you're wondering what it might be worth. There's a couple of factors to look into. The first one that Chris and I were talking about is quality acreage. Yeah, that that's like that's the biggest thing because there's so many different factors that can into play with the acreage is it ag land is it wooded mm-hmm. is there any water sources going through there and also what's the elevation on it um, you know if you are out kind of to the northeast here you see a lot that's flat and a little bit lower uh, sometimes it can be a little bit on the marshy side that can be less valuable than if you are let's say you're a little bit west maybe you're in dryden or you're in oxford you've got maybe some elevation some hardwoods that can dramatic. I mean, you're talking about literally double the acreage value. You know, you're talking about going from five to ten thousand an acre, um, and in some of the other the other areas, it can even be more than that. The other thing that's going to affect uh, your price per acre as the amount of acres goes up, your price per acre, generally speaking, is going to go down a little bit. Just a touch. So, I, I think that's what I've seen. Yeah, at least when we talk about properties over twenty, you know, twenty acres, things like right, that. But so. now, what do you think about structures? Because a lot of times with our acreage properties, especially if they have a house on it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have you're gonna have like maybe a storage barn, a hay barn, might have silos, all sorts of things like that. So, uh, two thoughts. Number one, if you if we're talking about a vacant land with a non-habitable property, the the only thing that you know obviously your lending can change. Uh, I think it. I think it. Oh yeah, that's a whole nother story. Uh, I think it can certainly add value. My normal thought is to add about fifteen thousand dollars for a pole barn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dairy barns and hay barns can be depending on the what um, condition they're in well, a lot of that depends on condition though i mean sometimes they're they're a detriment you know if they've if it's a, a real old one that's in real run well, shape one falling down oh yeah but uh yes you're somewhere in there um obviously having you know well and or septic on the property is also uh and if you've got your natural gas or your lp something like that set up certainly adds value now if you are buying a property there the way to value is we normally value it against comparable houses and then we adjust for the acreage. Uh, is that? I'm sure that's kind of the way you do it as well. Yeah, it's the same because there's two parts to that puzzle where, mm-hmm. you know, house and then property. Mm-hmm. And then now it's the same way that I think the best way to explain it is if we, let's say I had no, you know, you've got the nicest house in the neighborhood. It's, it's totally redone. Uh, no other houses like it, but it's, um, and maybe it's 1,200 square feet. Maybe there's no other houses like it in the 1,200 square foot range, but maybe there's a 1,500 square footer. That's that's equal. We're just going to adjust for the price per, per square foot. And, and that's the big thing. We have, to, we have to do a lot of adjusting on mm-hmm. these. Um, usually our typical with a regular subdivision home is a mile mm-hmm. or within the school district or really, really stiff and strict parameters. Mm-hmm. When you have unique properties that are spread out like the, the rural properties, 
you really have to take a lot more into consideration. If you're within the school district, you're doing pretty good. Um, and, <laughs> and that's you're great. Right. And so the now, now there's also going to be a difference between whether you are. And we were just talking about this before we recorded. If you're looking at competing properties, which are properties that are actively on the market right now and comparables, comparables, we also have to look at what an appraiser is going to look at. They're going to stay within the school district uh, or within, you know, a couple of mile radius. Now, competing properties, I have almost every one of my rural buyers will look from the river to, you know, sometimes it's Van Dyke, sometimes it's 24, sometimes it's 1015. That's I mean, that's a huge radius. I mean, you're talking about a, a tri, a really a quad county area. Truthfully. And, and, and if they're into 15, a, a you know, five county area. Uh, so it's, it's a massive swath. And you could be, I could have no problem saying uh, to a seller, hey, you know, you're in KPAC, but you're, here's a competing property in my city or in, right. uh, you know, Smith's Creek or in Marysville and, and say, hey, that's something that you need to look at because buyers are going to be looking at all those properties. And that's absolutely true. And that's one of the toughest, toughest thing when we're trying to find actual value mm-hmm. for something we want to list. Yeah. And, and a lot of times the, um, you know, those, those buyers, and here's another thing to look at too, is uh, you also get a different type of buyer. So there's not a lot of rural properties that are, have been super remodeled, at least at decent prices. Um, the type of people that move out there, the property is almost as important as the house. You know, so or more. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a uh, and there are also people that are willing to, to have longer drives, longer commutes. So it is a it's a completely different marketing tactics. Than, and than I don't know about you, know, I'm seeing with these people, a lot of them are, are willing to do a little bit more work. They, they mm-hmm. want to make these houses their homes. Yeah. They don't care about all the, you know, what we view as little stuff. Right. They just want the structure but mostly the land. Exactly. They want to be able to do the live the type of life that they want to live. They want chickens. <clears throat> right, which now that brings me into a great point. If you are somebody that's looking for house with acreage, those are a couple of things to look for. You do want to know, are there animal restrictions? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you are in certain areas, you have to, there's horse restrictions. You have to have five acres of your first horse and then two acres after that for every other horse. Um, some don't, you know, Lapeer, where I live, does not. Right. Um, so there are a couple of different things you need to look at there. You need to look at ordinances to see how what kind of animals you are and are, allow, are not allowed to have. Um, you know, same thing for outbuildings, same thing. A lot, um, a lot of the folks that we talk to, they want to be able to you know, do target shooting on their property or hunting. Yep. Uh, you want to be looking at the, the regulations for those too. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you talk about animals on your property, all that other stuff, if it's already a working farm, mm-hmm. you may have some lending issues. You may have to look at, exactly. you know, looking at a different type of lender for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of different kind of complex things that go into lending there. Now, here's another thing that I wanted to bring up with with rural properties is the vast, vast majority of people that I talk to, they want five to ten acres is what is what we is what we hear. Yep. Now, I find that your average person doesn't know how large an acre is, um, and so I think what most people most people are looking for is normally it's privacy. So you know we might find a one acre or two acre lot that works great because it's very private, um, and there are some people that they do need 10 and maybe 10 is not enough. It's uh, funny you say that. I, that was a parameter for the one I was just looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in our internet search, I, I put it down to three acres. Mm-hmm. So we caught everything. The one we ended up running an offer on was a half acre. Yeah. All farmland, dirt road, want a privacy. Exactly. And that's what it tends to be is it's privacy. It's not having, you know, not looking into your neighbor's uh, 
a window, which I certainly understand. I'm sure you understand. <laughs> Amen. So there now let's talk about a couple of the other things that you need to look at if you are talking purchasing some of the logistics. If you're buying vacant land, you need to know what your costs are going to be. Not only you need to have your lending set up, but you need to know if the land's going to perk so that you can, you know, do you need an engineered field or not? You need right. to know um, you know, what your permit setup is going to be. You need to know, are, you know, can you get natural gas there? Is it going to be LP? Um, and then if you are buying an existing rural property, you want to see what shape is that well in? You know, if it's an older well, is it one of the old five-inch wells or is it a three-inch well? That makes a big difference, you know. Um, there's additional condition issues with, uh, you know, pressure tanks and softeners and, you know, are you going to rent your softener or are you going to buy one? There's a whole list of things that uh, you kind of need to look for condition-wise that are maybe extra from if you were looking at a subdivision house. Absolutely. And now when you're talking about just the land, I think there's only one, maybe two loan servicers in the state, one credit unit and then mm-hmm. uh, Greenstone. Yes. That'll do that. It's a 20% down, but you usually mm-hmm. have to have the idea you'll build on the property. Yeah, that's if you're not building immediately. Um, if you are building immediately, obviously your lending options open way up. But Big time. We, I think that we see quite a few people that are buying either as hunting land or they're buying it now with the anticipation that they'll build on it in the future. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, that does become a little bit squirrely on the lending. Pr- now, the other thing, though, is I know that VA has just recently opened up. Um, they've loosened some restrictions on, on, the ag land. on ag land as well. So, Which is really interesting. The big thing is... Now, we don't want to get too technical or too mm-hmm. crazy here, but there's a lot of stuff with um, farmers and, and laws regarding farmers. Mm-hmm. I think the farmland cannot be foreclosed on or something to right. that nature. That's why it's so difficult to conventionally or, or the government loan get a loan on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of things that go into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the great thing here is is we are seeing, I'm, I'm seeing this as a growing trend of people wanting to, and it's I don't think it's... Um, People who are younger or older, but I think it's people that have you know, lived, they've done the subdivision life, and now they're wanting a little bit of privacy. Uh, and I'm seeing more and more of that. So if you are someone that is interested in this, you're learning, want to know more. If you are just, hey, you're very happy where you are, but you're just wondering, man, what in the world is my house worth? I've lived here for 20 years. I had no idea. Um, now is tax time. You're getting your assessments. It's a great time to think if you think that your state equalized value is too high. Uh, it's something. Reach out to us. Maybe we can uh, give you a hand. Sounds like a plan. So uh, follow us on the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I'm not on Twitter much, so don't even bother me. I don't know if you are either. Yeah, only, yeah. only what goes for my <clears throat> business page. Exactly. So, uh, and again, it's Peter Troy and Chris Van Bell. Realtors there uh, for each of those pages. Follow the Homes Real Estate Podcast here on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else that you might find your podcasts. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you next time. Take care.